You're listening to Fuel Radio, inspiration and training to fuel your day. Now here's your host, Rod Jans. Great. Well, thank you, everyone, for uh, joining the, joining us and checking out this conversation. My guest today is Winston Young. Winston is an inventor, a mentor, a story architect, transformational coach, and a community builder. He is, in essence, a creator, and he creates change. He is the founder of the Voice Story Foundation, a nonprofit organization that is addressing the issue of social isolation by creating social connection, facilitating personal healing, and promoting community building. This is done through their monthly speaking platform, Voice Story Live, educational workshops, mentorship, and coaching to develop an individual's ability to embrace and share their unique stories. Well, a welcome again. We've already been chatting a little bit, but uh, welcome again to Fuel Radio. And just, I'm so excited and, and pleased to be able to have a conversation with you. Again. <laughs> always, always glad to have a chat with you, Rod. <laughs> Since we had our last conversation, I've, I've attended one of your events and, and just even reading your, your introduction there, I'm like, oh, this just melds so well with my own values. And <laughs> I've just, I'm all about ending isolation. I've seen the power of people being able to share their stories. And um, I've been to one of your events now and seen it firsthand and see how, see how it works and just seen how um, powerful, for lack of a better word, uh, the events are. So yeah, it's, it's great to be able to talk with you again and, and talk about what you're doing with Voice Story. Yeah, there's, uh, <laughs> there's a lot going on, <laughs> a lot going on uh, with Voice Story, lots of change, lots of things on my plate to go and chunk through and uh, in the, well, the upcoming theme is vulnerability and we were chatting just before the camera went on of, uh, for, I, I've just been going around trying to create that space for myself and for other people to just express how you are not to, uh, and it's been, a, I'm constantly learning as I, bust through my own illusions and dysfunctional beliefs and everything. Uh, what I, what I do on myself is what I help other people do and what we teach. And it's, uh, it never ends. And I uh, just, you brought up Archangel and all these other things and, uh, how a lot, how a lot of change in the last couple of weeks. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's start there. We'll get to what you're doing with voice story yeah. and what's happened the last little while, but maybe, maybe we'll just start on a personal, level i know that you're open to it i've already asked you for <laughs> permission to go there and i'll try to be as vulnerable as possible too i follow you on on facebook i noticed you were at archangel summit and i'm just guessing at th the trajectory of this but you went to the summit it was amazing and on the way back you kind of had that uh, maybe the post event uh <laughs> doldrums or whatever or whatever it was, but uh, all of a sudden you were asking some pretty big questions. Uh, I think to quote you, what, what am I doing? What the hell am I doing on this rock? <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah uh, so, yeah, if you don't mind, just share what's, what's going on. Uh, Ar Archangel is an event that I was introduced to a couple of years ago. So they've had four summits. I've been to the last three. I missed the, uh, the inaugural one. And uh, just, just to give a brief 
answer as to why I go to this particular summit, um, they simply don't sell you anything. They have very respected uh, speakers and they're giving value, they're sharing with the intention of teaching us so we can grow and then help other people. And it's amazing at the, at the end of it, when they're done, they go, thank you. And they walk up the stage, they don't pitch you anything, they don't sell you anything. <laughs> and that's refreshing. Now, yeah. the reason I go, to be honest, isn't really for the speakers. That's just a bonus. I go there to meet, to meet other, as they describe it, uh, aliens, people that feel different, that feel that they don't fit in. Uh, but we're all change makers. We're, we're all want to go and uh, improve the world mm. in our own specific way. And it's, it's hard to describe when someone like myself for such a long time has felt that no one gets it and I'm all alone. And last year they had an opening video where they said, have you ever felt alone? Have you ever felt uh, alienated that, uh, that you don't fit in? Well, now look around you. Your tribe is all around you because well, there are 2,000 of us. And if every one of us felt the same way, it was uh, an eye-opening moment where it's the first time in my life where I realized I am not alone. I actually have people all around me that felt exactly the same way as I have. And it was a life-changing moment. And from that, every time I go there, I just bump into the people that I meant to meet. And, uh, and this particular year, I went with the intention of what, how much of my gift could I give? I'm just going to go and serve and give. I'm not expecting anything in return. Last year, I went to see what I was going to get from the summit. Like, who am I going to meet? What am I going to learn? The experiences were much different. Um, so in a snapshot, that's what Archangel is all about. Seth Godin closed it all off. Oh, wow. And he's the only speaker that I even, uh, I only knew him by name. I didn't even know who the hell he is. Like, uh, oh, the yeah. Lisa Nichols, people go, it's Lisa Nichols. I'm like, I have no idea who Lisa Nichols are. I, don't, I have no <laughs> idea who any of these people are. Oh, yeah. But Seth said the, these ending words, which just, which rocked me, uh, which was, uh, will you choose to matter? Will you do work that matters so much that they will miss you if you are gone? Mm. <laughs> like, wow. Well, wow, that was, that was intense. Yeah. And what, what happened on the way home, and I didn't get the post-Summit Blues per se. Mm -hmm. On the way home, I... <laughs> so the story goes like this. I, I bought Think and Grow Rich uh, under advice from a few people I met last year. I read two chap the first two chapters on the way home. And now I carried the book the entire year. I never touched it. It's been sitting in my messenger bag all year. And then on the flight home, I finally pull out the book. I'm like, I guess it's time to, to read chapter three. So I read chapters three, four, and five. And everything that I've done in the past year made sense only after going through that, then reading chapters three, four, and five. Hmm. And then from that, I had a moment of immense clarity where I saw through an illusion that I created. And uh, the outcome of that was I realized I was microdosing myself with guilt and shame to keep myself 
in a victimhood state, which mm-hmm. I, uh, which has, I guess, have been in for the last 30 years of my life. So being empowered from that, I got off the plane ready to rock the world. And 48 hours later, I was scrolling through my friend's Instagram feed and I asked myself, what the, what the hell am I doing with my life? Or as you put it, what am I doing on this rock? <laughs> and then that sent me into a tailspin mm. because uh, it was, it, it was like a, a sucker punch. <laughs> it knocked the winds right on my sails. And I've been contemplating that ping ponging back and forth between, oh yeah, I'm, I'm creating change and I'm impacting lives to what the hell are you doing? Because are you actually impacting change or is that just a figment of your imagination back and forth and back and forth? So uh, speaking to you right now, I have proof that I have, uh, that I am having impactful change. Otherwise, why would I be speaking to you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you mentioned, you don't have to go into specifics, but again, just creeping you on your Facebook page that you had a good time with your coach. <laughs> did you did you have any more insights into this? Yeah, there was a... Your funk? <laughs> she, we met up for a coffee just to catch up. I haven't seen her in a few months. And I, I brought up this space that I was in. So she asked some questions and then we inadvertently had a little mini session right there in the coffee shop. <laughs> hmm. and it came down to I, uh, and it came down to an experience I had when I was in grade 5 or 6 where I performed ironically I was beating myself up in a one man show in front of the entire like all the students at the elementary school I don't know why I thought that was going to be a good comedy skit, but I, I remember that. And the conversation focused on that moment, which goes back to, <laughs> I'm literally or figuratively beating myself up now, doing, doing something which I f- feel is the right thing to do. But now I'm going up against, uh, a whole bunch of chatter in my head and doubt. And that was the key thing was doubt. And to fast forward a few weeks, I was just walking my dog thinking about this. And uh, the, the voice inside goes, this is just like that marathon you ran, you know, Winston, you got to the halfway point and then you looked over the beach and you saw Stanley park. And at that point, I, I tell the story, I go, at that point, I can see how people give up because you're only halfway done and Stanley Park is way over there. It's like, it's like this little tiny island, like little tiny out, out jut from the coastline and you have to run all the way over there and that's still not the end. And I can see how people quit. So what was the voice just kept saying, you've gotten here before which is like the halfway mark. I ran a half marathon before. You've pushed yourself farther than you had, which is when I ran to 30 kilometers. The question is, Winston, are you willing or to push yourself far beyond what you've ever done to get to your goal, which was the last 10 kilometers? 
And as I was walking my dog, I realized I don't, I don't have to run the last 10 all at once. I could do it step by step and you can just do it. It doesn't matter how long it takes you to, to do the last 10 or you committed to doing the last 10. And that's when the doubt that I had for the last almost uh, three weeks now started to uh, dissipate because I think that was the, the fear of creating this foundation and creating all the, the workshops and the courses and working with people is this doubt that it, is it actually going to happen? But I'm at like the three quarter point now. And that, that's what I have to ask myself. It's like, uh, it was a, a, a cool reminder that I that I can do it. I just doubted myself and uh, started believing and uh, giving into the noise. That's a cool example. So you're kind of saying you saw that it's you, your focus became just taking it step by step instead of looking at where you have to go. Like look, just looking at what what's the next step and what's the next step and what's the yeah. next step. Yeah. And, and what I did for the last 10 K was I, I told my, the person that was cheering me on, I go, I, I I'm getting to, to, to marker 32, which is 32 kilometers. And when I got the 32, okay, my, my goal is to get the 33, not to get to the end, but to get the 33. And then when I, as I was running through this, replaying this in my mind, I go, yeah, that's all you have to do. Winston. you just got to go and, get to the next little micro step, whatever that is. And then you'll eventually get to the end. But right now I'm so going, I'm like, how the hell am I going to get there? It's like, it seems impossible. And that's where I've uh, kind of been floating around for the last few weeks. Yeah. I've had similar thoughts. I know that I'm my, you know, there's that saying that I'm, you're your own worst enemy. You know, <laughs> it came up for me a couple of weeks ago. I just realized, oh, I'm, I'm at war with myself. And um, I have a couple of friends that we, we, for the last few weeks, we've been making these daily promises to each other. And my promise a few days in a row was I'm not going to be at war with myself. And when I realized that I am at war with myself, that I will just, I'll just be with it, be conscious of it and um, actually give myself compassion in those moments rather than, you know, fighting myself or putting myself down or oh. filling myself with worry or whatever. So yeah, for at least a few days there, that was, that was sort of the path. If you want to, if you want to put it that way that I was on uh, yeah. as well. Yeah. And it's, and it's hard to change these. You know, we've had these, we've, we do these habits all the time. Right. It's, it's a habitual way of thinking, isn't it? Yeah. 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 But we can break it. You know, we can, we can be intentional about it. And my big thing lately is just to, is not to try to stop it. Like I just feel like, and, and you've had some recovery experience too, you know, that there's that saying that that which we resist persists. <laughs> so I think there's a whole nother strategy to, of acceptance and self-compassion and awareness that works far better than trying to like live, you know, be, be at war with ourselves and, and try to fight those things off. Mm -hmm. Have you oh. found something similar to, to that? <laughs> yeah, no, you, you, you hit it 
uh, you hit it on the nail. I actually have a, I have another mini clip <laughs> that I could <laughs> send, to, send to you so you could share with your people. It, uh, again, it was, I think I'm, I referenced uh, Tian Neo Ima's last, at the last time we spoke, that he yeah. speaks about that, about, uh, in, in, in reference to filters. And it, it's exactly the same. It's not a matter of dis, dis, not dismissing that we having these thoughts with this battle with ourselves, but to acknowledge I'm having these thoughts. Okay. I acknowledge I'm having these thoughts and put them aside and carry on. Not, and not to say they're not happening. So as you said, it's like, they're not, they're not happening. I'm not having these thoughts. Well, you are having these thoughts. So my, it, it doesn't work that way. Uh, but by acknowledging that I'm having these thoughts, I don't have to act on them. I just have to acknowledge them having them, put them aside and carry on. And where I, I slipped down into the, into the hole pretty quick was I, I interacted with it. It's like, what are you doing? And then it, then it, that the interaction when I had the thought of what are you doing with your life was then I scrolled on my friends, highlight real feed. And then, the interaction became when I started comparing myself to their life as compared to my life. And then that's when the, that's when the trap, I fell in the trap and uh, I only got out literally two hours, <laughs> two hours ago. And it, it was horrible to be honest. I've never, uh, it's coming up to two years sober so I can feel an emotional range and it's horrible. Like, uh, I, <laughs> now I understood why I numbed it in the past. Now that I don't have that crutch to go and mitigate these crappy, crappy feelings. I, I, I can see how people uh, can go crazy. Uh, if they don't understand how to get out, it's, it's, it's a horrible feeling <laughs> now that I felt it. Uh, so much compassion for the people that, uh, that, that are still stuck there and, uh, want to go help them. Yeah, and that's a, a big thing with social media, isn't it? That, that does create comparison, and it, it is just like you said, it's just a highlight reel. Yeah. <laughs> it's not we don't we don't post the moments where we're feeling lonely or or whatever, angry, uh, frustrated, or yeah. Um, I think I yeah. I'm not sure, but I think it's just it has shifted. I think along. Oh, well, I haven't been on social media that long, uh, but I do remember. Uh, well, it might not have been social media. It could have been something else, like a pager or a messenger app. But I, I remember friends saying, "Hey, man, I'm like uh, not feeling that great. I'm gonna go bowling or go for a run or whatever. You wanna anyone want to come along?" And yeah, that that was people's way of kind of like reaching out to to get out of their headspace. Uh, but I see less and less and less of that. Maybe it's their algorithms filtering them out. <laughs> <laughs> It does lead us to what your next event is all about, but uh, talking about vulnerability. I do want to just go back and re revisit or visit yeah. how the last event was. You talked about mental health in the workplace, or you kind of, you it had an evolving theme. It had something to do with mental health. Well, <laughs> it was either mental well-being or mental health. or And at first it was for entrepreneurs, and then it was for yeah. people in the workplace or whatever. But anyways, yeah, just... Um, how, how was the last event and what was a highlight for you? Well, the, the last event was uh, mental health to me was, has always been a, an important topic. 
after it it became important after it affected me, and then I had to call bullshit on myself. And as I shared, when I opened the show, I shared when I when I used to be an IT professional, I go stress. Like why live on stress? Like why stress leave? Why the hell would I, anyone have stress leave? Burnout? That's just a cop out to get a, an extra day off or something. Like I never understood any of that until it happened to me, and I and I burned out. Uh, and I go, this is real, and uh, the the trauma and the side effects, uh, how that affects you is real. So I wanted to open up discussion on this topic because I not many people spoke about it. As you said, how oh, how are you? I was like, I'm I'm great, <laughs> even though I'm just clinging on to to like threads, trying to hold it all together and, and put on a brave face. It's not he- It's not healthy. It doesn't help, doesn't help anyone. So I've opened the stage up, and this particular, this show, we had uh, three people share, and uh, also had insight from people from the professional world. Jeff Ayubante uh, spoke about, we have, we have to care the caregivers, because if we don't, then how is the caregiver going to be able to do what they have to do? It, it just doesn't work. If they burn out, then... The level of care that they can do pass, help us with is it just goes down as well. So how do we look at mental health and how do we look at care and we have to put the care back in the caregiver? It was a insightful, very insightful conversation, and it's it just opened up <laughs> opened up so many different threads of dialogue because it impacts everyone differently. But I did get a lot of fantastic feedback from the audience as to how every one person I didn't I didn't have any expectation of what people were going to talk about I knew it was going to be about mental health but I didn't realize or expect to resonate with everybody's story it's like I I can relate to that 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 and uh, they, they were astounded how and up until then they didn't think that they could relate to anybody but here they are relating to five or six different strangers sharing glimpses into how mental health has really impacted their lives. And they took a stand and decided to change their life in order to get out of that space. Did it come across, as you're speaking, I'm thinking we all have mental health, (laughs) you know, to some degree. We we could ask everybody on a scale of one to 10, how's your mental health, right? Because we all have mental health. I think when we use the term mental health, and this is just off the cuff right now, but when we use the term mental health, uh, we think of issues, you know, like depression or workplace satisfaction or or whatever leads to addiction and those kinds of things, right? But we all, we all are mentally healthy in one way or another, right? Like it's not, it's not something you can just say it's somebody else's issue like you said in your own story that you always thought you know that you live off stress and then you you uh you hit a breaking point and you and you reach burnout you know well, as as i reflect back as you say that well looking back i wasn't in the in perfect mental health at all <laughs> in that version of me but the stress was was a compensation it was it, it was something to to, to mask something else 
it's like work, 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 work. I'm thriving on this. I get a lot of accolades for, do, for doing all this work. And how can you work so hard? And you know, like you got you get all this praise. It's like this this culture that we have now. It's like, oh my God, you do, you work so hard, and you have kids, and you do this, and you do that. Wow, that's that's amazing. And we take that as a as a badge of honor when in, in reality you're you're destroying yourself <laughs> because. Uh, but you never show that side. And when you, when it finally, yeah, you know, when, when you're destroying yourself and you're literally broken down to a level where your, your body goes, we can't sustain this anymore, like this pressure that we put on ourselves. Uh, what happens? And everyone reacts to that crash differently. And I know some people, unfortunately, that have taken that absolute extreme and are no longer with us. So when I shared, uh, one of my friend in Ned's group brother in Ottawa said, hey, Winston, how are you doing? And I said, oh, man, I'm, I just, I, I I'm, I've been floating around a sea of gray. Like, I just wake up, I see gray all the time, and it sucks. And uh, he wrote back, said, man, this sounds serious. Give me a call. Because the words reminded him of, of someone else that said the same words, and unfortunately, they... They took their lives so it's something that we can't just ignore anymore when uh when some you know so they might they might be joking but now if i hear someone say that i go okay are you joking or are you not and being able to hold that space to have them express and not uh say i'm not judging you hey you know if you're are you feeling like crap or, or not like what's going on what's going on let's uh let's chat this over and that wasn't really available when I was growing up and it's kind of available now. It's, uh, and I, I believe our community needs to evolve to be able to have these conversations and hold space for people. And good for you for, for, uh, for saying something that's kind of been my main defense lately too. You know, even if I believe it's going to pass, but if I'm in a real blue mood, I, I make sure that I reach out to someone because I've, I've suffered that same, I've been under that same cloud in the past of depression. And even at one point had, was seriously considering suicide back when I was in college and stuff like that. So I know what that's like, and I know what it's like to not be able to shake it. You know, I finally reached out to a counselor and got, and got some help and that it helped right away just to, to be able to share it and to be able to, to talk about it. And now I have a good, one of my best friends as a, as a counselor. And so <laughs> I'll just, reach out to him and the last time I reached out to him I was wondering if I should go see a doctor and get back on medication and his advice was just listen to some happy music he didn't think I needed to, to go well, do that and it was it was a pass it happened to be a passing thing at that time you know that's not great advice for, for most people well, but yeah I, I did come across an article uh, about men men not uh, men not having many men unable men are unable to maintain friendships and it's affecting their mental health I think that was the title of the article and I go that that's me it's it's not that I don't have friendships but I, do, I don't have friendships at the, at the level or depth that my sister does like I look at her friendships and I'm like man I I'm envious to have relationships like that and then it explains why, like how 
how men aren't aren't raised to be able to you know have conversations and connect the same way uh, women do, and that causes issues. So when guys hang out, they you know (laughs) guys are hanging around having a beer. You don't sit around talk talking about how how crappy you are and how how you're stuck in the sea of gray. And then someone goes, oh, just suck it up. Here, have another beer. You'll feel better (laughs) in the morning. And we just start discounting our own emotions and uh, it just piles up. So I, I see that when I read that article, I got like, well, yeah, I'm I'm kind of, I'm changing my words. I'm very fortunate right now, just in the last four or five years to actually have people that I can reach out to to have conversations like this. Prior to that, I, I, I might have like two people. And even then I wasn't comfortable and really opening up because of fearing judgment or what they're going to say, or are they going to tell people or, and uh, the whole bit. But now, now I know better. I think that's one of the things that attracts me to you and to the voice story community is it seems to be a group of people that are, doing the work on themselves, you know, they're doing the work and they're willing to have the kind of conversations that we're talking about. They're talking about telling the truth. Your event before the last one was about telling the truth and yeah, it's all good, healthy stuff, you know, and, and we need it. I, I, as you're speaking, I'm thinking about my wife who will have phone conversations for 30, 45 minutes, you know, before she, maybe, maybe she's just asking them out for dinner or what are you doing on the weekend is the reason why she called. But, she has long conversations where I get on the phone and I'm just dying to get off the phone. As quickly as <laughs> or I'll, I'll get together with my buddies and my, and Kathleen, my spouse again, will ask, did you talk about this? Did you talk about that? And cause they got these things going on in their lives. Right. And we can talk about any of those things, you know, <laughs> you, you remind me of, uh, I was, I was with my fiance at the time. And then, uh, <laughs> it reminds me of a phone call. My friend called me, and I go, <laughs> I go, yep. Mm-hmm. And I hung up the phone. He goes, she goes, what was that? I'm like, oh, we, we agreed to meet up at 7 o'clock. I'm like, you didn't say anything. <laughs> <laughs> and I go, yeah. He, he called. He goes, ready to go? I'm like, Mm-hmm. It was seven <laughs> o'clock. I'm like, yep. <laughs> that was the whole conversation. Yeah. I I I wouldn't know how to have a half hour conversation back then. <laughs> I'm like, what what I talk about? Like, uh, it's uh, yeah. And it goes back to this joke that I that just bubbled up where it goes. Men, men talk about facts. It's like who, what, when, where, why, right? It's like just facts. I, I went to the store to pick up some bread. I got a car accident and I walked home. <laughs> right? yeah. like, but, uh, but women would, you know, would uh, talk about feelings and emotions and what they did and who did this and who did that. And uh, they yeah. talk for an hour and it's all about you know, nail polish. Or something. Yeah. <laughs> and I go, yeah, it's, I, I can see that. I replaying conversations that I've had with, with uh, my guy friends and yeah very much to the point and factual (laughs) well if we listen to our friend jill prescott we can learn (laughs) men can need to listen to women and learn from women and how they do that because i think we can learn from we can learn from them well quite a bit from them i wanted to express that i feel that the people in the voice sort of community um and 
this people that we work with that share their stories on stage. I, I believe the reason, the shift that happens is once they share and they express that story, it, it's like that little mini breakthrough that you have in yourself. It's like, I can't do this, I can't do this. And you do, and then right after that, it's like, oh man, there's like the scariest thing I've ever done. And now that you've done it, just to have a conversation with someone and then to express how they're feeling or a little, what happened uh, an hour ago, which is a, like a little mini, mini story. It's, it's a lot easier because you've, you've broken out of that shell already. And uh, I want to, I want to help people, especially students, not get that shell to like not have that little boundary to begin with. That they can just uh, say, you know what, I don't have to have fear of expressing, and uh, you know, expressing, of course, as in uh, honesty, like not spewing out hate speech and uh, literal and stuff like that. But to go up and just say, yeah, hey, uh, can can we talk and? Just hold space to each other and have a conversation without without some device in the way. By the way, <laughs> yeah, no kidding. So the next voice story event is about vulnerability. What are you looking forward to when it comes to to this event? It vulnerability is whatever it means to the person taking the stage. Uh, vulnerability for me, uh, the, the key component of the, of it, it for me is the willingness to be seen for who you truly are. So to tear down the walls, put down the mass, and just be. So that is what I, it's what I enjoy and embrace most in every uh, Voice Story Live event because vulnerability is a key in what we do. So when I see someone go up there and say the words I've never told the story before. Uh, they are being extremely brave and uh, courageous and vulnerable by by doing that, and then they they go and share that moment of their life. Um, so the the stories are coming up uh, on the twenty seventh. Yeah, I, I can't wait. <laughs> yeah, and it's also at the historic theater. So we are moving from the the smaller culture lab to the main theater. And to share with people, that's, that's a dream come true. And I, I can't wait to, to stand there and hold the mic and uh, take, take it in because it's definitely something that I never believed would, have ha would happen. And here we are a couple, way, a couple weeks away from, from making it a reality. Yeah, that's great. And, you know, it's one of the reasons why I reached out to you. I wanted to do this uh, interview <laughs> and this podcast, and I'll try to get it out. Well, it's going live on Facebook right now, which is great. So that recording will be there. But yeah, let, I hope we can fill the place up for you or do something to, to help do that. When I interviewed you last time and then went to the event, I, I made a commitment to you too that I want to be involved and, and help out however I can. And this is this podcast and doing interviews is one of the ways that I can do that. And it's it's something that you has to has to be experienced. You know, like I've been to lots of I'm you know, I'm 56. I've been to all kinds of events. I've been in business for 30 years or whatever. So I've, I've heard lots of speakers. I've heard, I've heard the best of the best. I mean, my dad used to bring in some of the, you know, Zig Ziglar and some of the top yeah. speakers in the world. And I've met, I've met those guys and, and heard them talk live and 
heard their tapes when we used to have cassette tapes and <laughs> all of that kind of stuff. But yeah, voice story is a whole nother experience. It's it's almost like a it's almost like a recovery meeting where people have but people have really thought out what they're going to say. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. Uh, it, yeah, like you always, it, you're totally right. Like it it opens you up. I think another thing too. This is just my own thought on things is that we all know it's good to be vulnerable. We know it's good to tell the truth, whatever. We may have some, <laughs> we all have our own mental health issues or whatever, but it's always good to have these reminders and to bring it back into our consciousness and realize, oh, this is good. It's good for me to be vulnerable. It's, I need to be reminded to tell the truth. I think to see someone else go up and, and do it, like you say, it, it, I, I hope that it opens people up and that they're more open to having their own conversations afterwards. It's like, oh, okay, that person, it always takes somebody going first, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And it's almost like Brene, in the whole area of vulnerability, Brene Brown went first and mm-hmm. her first talk was very vulnerable. And just look at the tsunami that it's, it's created of people becoming vulnerable and following what, what she started. Yeah, so anyways. That's just some of my own thoughts and why I'm looking forward to this next event. Well, thanks for sharing that. And you're not, you're not wrong with your perception on that. When I create the space, well, as you experience, I, I share my own story. And by creating that space, you, in a way, I kind of, I, I kind of like oh, set the bar, or I guess in this case, lower the bar to allow people to, to share at that level. And say, wow, Winston, Winston's being vulnerable. Uh, I can be vulnerable too. And then, then when they go up, the next speaker goes, wow, that person went pretty deep. I can go that deep too. And then they go. And then it just has a cumulative effect as the night progresses. And then uh, having the, the intermission and then the people congregating at the end of the show talking about their experiences always makes me smile. They go, wow, yeah, this person shared about that. I went through something like that. And the next thing you know, uh, 20 minutes disappear and they got to shit, you know, they got to re- release something that they've just held on to for a little while that didn't serve them. So just being conscious of our listeners and how long they have capacity <laughs> they have for listening to us. <laughs> As always. Yeah. Yeah, we should probably wrap things up. But uh, again, I just really enjoyed our conversation. I just, I'm thinking back to the first one that we had and I, I thought, wow, I, this is somebody I want to hang out with and, yeah. and talk to some more. So again, I was glad to connect with you. So how can people get tickets? I actually have the, oh no, I did. I had, when I started the interview, I had the voice story Facebook page open. So I know there's information there. People just search voice story as they see it behind you there. If they're watching the video. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they can also go to the coach uh, online box office and we currently have a promotion for the November and December show. So you can actually get tickets to both shows for $35. Uh, so like if you went, uh, went up the box office the day, uh, they'd be like $50 for, for both shows. So you're saving, saving quite a bit. And, uh, as always, I, I'm going to give Rod, uh, a bunch of tickets to hand out to listeners. So email, email or message Rod and, uh, Come check out the show on vulnerability. It, as I said, I would love to have uh, yourself included, Rod, to be there in the audience to celebrate uh, the, the first show we've, 
of ours in the historic theater visit. Uh, it will be a special one for sure. Yeah, excellent. So we'll put links to all of that in our show notes. If you go to fuelradio.com, you'll see Winston's interview there or look us up on Facebook as well. And if you'd like some of those tickets and just to thank you for listening, just email me at our fuel radio email, which is fuel radio and the letter one fuel radio one at gmail.com. And uh, we'll just kind of do it first come first serve. I, I invited a couple people last time that weren't able to make it. So hopefully I can <laughs> get a, bring a couple people along as well this time. And I will invite, I'll be sure to invite, invite some people again. And um, yeah, like I say, it's a really, special, unique, wonderful phenomenon. <laughs> <laughs> and I hope that uh, more people will get behind it. We should mention too, like this is going all over the world. I know that probably 75% of our listeners are in the States, so uh, they can follow up afterwards, uh, check things out on YouTube and, yeah. and that sort of thing as well. Yeah. Okay. Thanks, Rod. Thanks, Winston. You've been listening to Fuel Radio.